0: topics that concern your life, your community, and your safety. This is 50 Info on Arizona's news station, KTAR News 923 FM. Here's what you need to know. Good Sunday morning. Thank you for joining us for another edition of the 50 show. I'm Jamie Rothschild, the host of the show, and joined as always by Ed, our producer, and Ed comes in patiently each and every week. Edits all of our mistakes down. We probably tape about a 20-minute show, and by the time I'm done, it becomes a 14-minute show. So special thanks to Ed and to Bonneville for this time. This time has always been donated to the Silent Witness program. So if you have any information about an unsolved felony crime anywhere in the county, please call Silent Witness at 480-WITNESS, or you can check out silentwitness.org. You'll be completely anonymous, and if that information leads to an arrest, you could be eligible for a cash reward. That's 480-WITNESS or silentwitness.org. Today, I am joined by, and I know I say this a lot, a friend, a co-worker, but we started as co-workers, and I think a friendship developed, although this would be an awkward time to find out it didn't. Jeff Fields is a lieutenant with the Phoenix Police Department. LT, thanks for being here today. Absolutely, and if you consider us friends, then yes, we're friends, god, I do, I do, because uh, it's funny. We'd worked in the same department, obviously, 25 years, to, uh, but never worked with each other. Right. And I think it was probably about a year and a half ago or just before COVID, uh, I was watching a football game. You were at the football game or at, at, at we were at a place watching a football game, got a chance to talk to you. And uh, when I left, I said to the guy who invited us, I go, you know, I've never had a chance to really sit down and talk to him, but I would love to interview him someday because he's just so much – and I mean this as a compliment, so much deeper than than what we get a chance to talk about at work. At work, we talk about work things. At the game, we we're able to talk about life things. And so if you could just walk through your history a little bit. My understanding, you did not at five and six years old say, I want to be a police officer. That kind of evolved later. Is that true? Yeah, that's true. But real quick, I'd like to know, what, what was your first impression before you got to know me? Okay, so candidly, uh-huh. <laughs> I guess you're doing the interview now. Sure. So... When you don't work around people, you don't talk to people, right. uh, and they're quiet. You are a very pensive person. You're very quiet. That could be intense. That could be, I assumed maybe he was just extremely confident in in who he is. But what I learned, candidly, is you're actually pretty humble to a fault. And one of the stories I was going to tell uh, when I got a chance to talk to you is something that you have on your desk that I wanted to, yeah, to ask you about. Sure. But at some point... You you said, hey, this is the career for me, but you didn't start out that way, did you? Yeah, no, and I can kind of caveat into who I
1: am. I mean, um, so my father's my my biggest mentor, of course, and he always told me to be quiet and, and make sure you do things whether people are watching or not, right? Do the right thing always. So, uh, yeah, you, you, you actually hit my story perfectly. I wasn't necessarily going down the road to be a cop, but I wanted to be a psychologist. I went to ASU for uh, – all the liberal arts, like everybody does, and I think, as we 've discussed pre show I did that for a while until the administration said, "Hey, guess what here 's your degree. go ahead and find your you know your career." But I would say that been policing is a passion in that it 's very closely connected to you know psychology to to helping other people um, at the time, Phoenix was offering the most bang for the buck, and it still is, in that you have the most opportunities to do pretty much whatever you want in the policing field. So that's what led me over to policing back in uh, 1996.
0: No, I give you a hard time when I say, now you're doing the interview, but I think that police officers in general are inquisitive, and so they are very quick to ask information, very slow to give it. So when I say that I worked around you for years, you just you are not an open book. One day, you and I were, were coordinating an interview for a mutual friend, and Mike Broomhead was featuring him on on his TV show. And I looked at your desk, and you had a chess set. Now, a chess set is not something you see on a lot of people's desks. And the you more don't? you and I, you do not. Okay. At my desk, it's probably checkers or maybe connect Four. But sure. when I got the chance to talk to you, it's, it seems like you are very strategic and well thought out, but you're always looking not just at the next move, but several moves ahead. Is that an accurate depiction of who you are? Absolutely. And, I mean, of course, uh, I played chess
1: as, as a kid. Uh, I did a lot of things as a kid, and re- that kind of really stuck with me. I mean, it, I think it's an imperative that you're always thinking of uh everything that's going on, you know, and that you're two or three steps of whatever's coming at you. Uh, th- that's not just success in policing, it's success in life. So that's that's what it stands for. Every now and then I'll play a game. Nobody really knows how to play chess anymore, so
0: usually I'm playing myself. But, uh, yeah, that's what it's symbolic for. So did you, is that, I don't want to say a euphemism, is that your analogy for life? Do you keep it there intentionally and make that comparison to people?
1: Absolutely, and also my current job requires that uh, – I'm supervising the officers in training, the field training officers. So uh, what's fun about being an old guy on the department is usually your officer in training, who's younger, um, will look around and go, what's that? You know, And it just says many times what it is. So you can bring it up and say, hey, this is what I have it here, and this is what it means.
0: And is that naturally how your mind works, whether it's retirement, whether it's taking a call or planning a project? You mentioned a resource, Lieutenant. We'll talk about what that is in a moment. But is that – kind of the mindset that you approach to life deal with the immediate as you're looking at the long term absolutely 100 percent. which also impacts the way that you and i don't mean you i mean people they parent they career plan uh they plan their day I've, i think we've all found if you wait for the time to get your workouts in or your your meal prep there is no time left. that's something that you have to plan is that is that how you manage all these rotating pieces you have
1: yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, you can use the, the euphemism or analogy that, you know, you continue through life. Life becomes more difficult, more critical. In a career of being a police officer, if you have any aspirations, you rise to the ranks or you do different details and stuff. It becomes a little more, more hard than just coming out here and taking a call. So um, you're always planning forward, uh, you know, it, directing it back towards policing. Policing is changing quite a bit. But those of us who understand that are always staying ahead and providing the services that are needed.
0: The people who are hearing you speak right now, this is the cadence with which you speak all the time. Is that something that you, uh, you have to plan? Are you just naturally wired that way? I've never seen you upset. I've never seen you yell. I've never, I've just, you just appear rock steady. Is that how you've
1: always been? Well, Jamie, I appreciate that. And thank you for the payment on the side. No, I think so. I mean, you know, it comes back to my family values, where I came from. I'm an Ohio boy. Um, uh, go Buckeyes. And uh, it, it just comes through, you know, life is what it is. Don't make more of it. Don't make less of it than what you've got. Um, as a lieutenant speaking, you've got to be calm. You know, when things occur on the streets, barricades, whatnot, you're assisting citizens that are, in, are facing the most chaotic thing in their life, you better be calm because they're looking for you for calmness. And that goes with the same thing with a an officer who just started or, or like I just reiterated, a citizen who's having the worst thing that happened in their life.
0: My assumption and I'm asking is that you probably approach and we can talk about barricades and, and all the, the logistics, but the reality is you probably the people part of our job, because really it's it's our people who matter. We you and I work with phenomenal people of every rank, every Absolutely. level sworn and professional. But it, it's got to be the way that you approach them in that drawn out, even killed approach that people appreciate, because when seemingly things are going as bad as they can go in walks the rock. Oh, I'm The Rock. Well, I appreciate I mean, in terms that. of yes. your, your cadence, in yes. terms of, yeah. I wish I had The Rock's money, and I actually <laughs> wish I looked like The Rock. <laughs> Not in terms of your acting
1: ability. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. I think right now, as you know, the attrition that we're facing and whatnot, um, that's my way of dealing with retention, okay, because usually the officers, the sergeants, even the, the, my peers, people around me, if they know they can come to work and talk to somebody who's just is going to talk to them and not down to them um, and build their morale point out the good things and you know, really kind of hit on the fine points, that's how you're going to retain people
0: in our, in our job right now. So you said something. I'm going to take it back three steps. Okay. You don't just talk to people. You even refer to your words against you. You appear to be a very intentional listener. So when people are coming to you with their life's concerns, you seem like the person who just kind of leans in, listens, and maybe you can't solve them for them, but at least you know, look, I care, and we'll kind of figure this out together. Is is that something you intentionally do, or is it, again, I keep asking, just kind of how you're wired. It's uh, it's both. It's an eclectic approach in
1: that, I mean, innately, that's who I am. But I've learned that, uh, what's the phrase, you, you catch more honey with bees? I mean, if you listen to somebody, usually if they're coming in, they're having a bad day, whether it's a, a citizen or you know one of your peers or something, they just want to talk to you, right? They just want to get it off their chest. Maybe they're not having an, an issue with that, but with everything going on in the world right now, if you have an active listening um, approach – Uh, you know, you get along better, right? Uh, You feel better about the moment. You feel better about the day. You feel better about coming to work the next day. And so I've tried to continue to do that my whole career. I I would like to think I'm getting better as I get older. Maybe I'm not, but, you know, that's what I'd like to think.
0: Uh, No, definitely do think that I can't, and I can't be the first person who's told you, hey, you know, the first time I met you, I didn't, you know, I didn't know how to read you. I didn't work directly with you. And then as people get to know you, they're like, huh. Yeah. Like that's a re- I can't be the first person who said that, right? But no, you aren't.
1: And uh, you know, it's 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 a double-edged sword. I mean, it's worked for my favor in that, you know, you get longevity through the career. Uh exposing your hand is not always the best technique because you get pigeonholed in your details and stuff, and you and I both know. Um, you know, if, I when I came on the department, I wanted to work a lot of details. I wanted to do administrative, I wanted to be investigative. I wanted to make sure that when I left this career, I did everything, and that was my goal. And as you progress through the career of a police officer, you, know, you kind of pick which way you wanna go. I didn't want to have to be told, hey, that's who you are, you're gonna stay
0: over here. We're talking to Lieutenant Jeff Fields from the Phoenix Police Department assigned to the Mountain View Precinct as a, resource lieutenant, uh, as a resource lieutenant. Lieutenant, for those who don't know what a resource lieutenant is, a lot of our listeners recognize there's police officers, sergeants, lieutenants, there's a chain of command. A resource lieutenant has a very unique job. Can you talk a little bit about what that is, the logistics, the planning, all of that? Yeah, certainly. So resource lieutenant, I have specialty units
1: within the, the precinct. Right now I'm in the Mountain View precinct. Uh, they have neighborhood enforcement teams. Those are, are individuals who many times are dressed down in plain clothes, and whatnot, and they're, they're uh, responding to neighborhood complaints of, like drugs or uh, individuals who with felony warrants or those that uh, have just done aggravated uh, violent crimes in the community and you're one to pick them up. I also have the community action officers, <laughs> which are paramount to assisting being that middle-level liaison from the patrol officers to the citizens. You know, any neighborhood complaints, any neighborhood groups, uh, my community action officers, the community action officers are out there kind of building that bridge as it were. As I've progressed through being a resource lieutenant, you know, my responsibility is more uh, to assist my commander assist the precinct with what it's needed, right? I'm the resource guy. So if I see different things in the department that I need, I'm going to bring them in. And that's not just the police department, other city groups, city neighborhood groups and city departments, public works, neighborhood uh, services department, whatever it needs, I'm supposed to bridge that gap.
0: I've never asked this before. So we all have a lot of different facets in our life. And you're in a program. It's, it, you're getting closer to retirement. So in a couple of years, you'll be leaving the police department. What do you want to best be remembered for? What do you want your legacy to be here?
1: You know, if I could be remembered as a steward, steward of leadership, that's what I'd want to be. Honestly, uh, I just want to other people and uh, the people that have affected, and people I work with, to think. You know what? Uh, Jeff really came in and was a servant. And that's kind of my approach to life. I think that uh, I am a predestiny type of individual, and I think that uh, this was the career that I was supposed to do. If they would say, hey, he was a good servant, then I'll
0: be very happy. And I don't think there's a better legacy than that. I think it was beautifully stated. So, Lieutenant Jeff Fields, thank you for being here today. Thank you. Thank you. Before we close, I want to thank the listening audience for this time and, of course, Bonneville for the time to talk to you about the Silent Witness program. Silent Witness has been making communities safer in the Valley for almost 40 years. Uh, they're coming up on 8,000 felony arrests. That means that 8,000 people were charged with felony crimes because of you, the community. So thank you for supporting the Silent Witness program. If you want to learn more about the program or want to submit information, please check out silentwitness.org. Thank you to Bonneville for this time and, as always, Ed, the producer. And most importantly, thank you to you the listening audience until next week stay safe you've been listening to 5 info on Arizona's news station KTAR News 92.3 FM for more about Silent Witness go to SilentWitness.org that's SilentWitness.org or call 480 WITNESS that's 480-948-6377